Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week, I begrudgingly reviewed the 2001 movie starring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey, The Wedding Planner. I discovered that it's not as good as I thought it was growing up, <laughs> and that hurts. We discuss how even though J-Lo might have had a good performance, uh, the male lead is not so great. I thought his performance was great. I thought his character was garbage. We talk about the few heartfelt moments in this movie that give it a little bit of redeeming qualities. We talk about the side characters, such as Massimo. I liked him. Steven did not. And we ask each other if we had the X-Men ability to know how long a marriage would last, would we wield that ability for our family and friends? This is a Fran fan cast, and we are here for her. All that and more on Movies on the Side. This week, we reviewed the 2001 rom-com starring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. The Wedding Planner. Nate, it took me two weeks to drum up to watch this movie. Oh, man. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to it. I don't know why. I just, meh. Steven, yeah. thank you for watching this movie. You're welcome. It was a sacrifice. I just watched it. Yeah. And we have to review this one pretty fast before we get into it. But I will say to everyone listening right now, this movie was better in my mind than it was on rewatching oh, as an adult. And yeah. I am afraid that my rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. my rom-com rose-colored glasses of early 2000s, were a bit shattered during this viewing of this movie. <laughs> they fogged up and shattered. Now, are we going to do a spoiler horn um, for this 19-year-old movie? Hmm, great question. I mean, yeah, let's do let's okay. do overall mostly because i want to do an overall review early on and then Mm. talk specifics because i have a lot of notes i have some notes as well and so in broad strokes if you romance corner (laughs) romance corner wait wait i watch this watch this plot synopsis you ready for this watch me Watch me. Now. Watch me. Yeah. Watch me. Yeah. Go ahead. J-Lo is a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. She's really, really good at her job. That's right. She almost gets murdered by a dumpster. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> saves her, possibly the world's worst pediatrician. Um, <laughs> they then have a night where they almost kiss in the rain. Mm-hmm. She finds out later that he is the fiance of a woman, Fran, who she is the, the big wedding of the century or whatever that she's planning. So that's the conflict. There's also a guy named Massimo, who her dad is uh, wanting her to marry. And throughout the movie, uh, Fran negligently leaves them alone a lot of the time. (laughs) And what happens is they fall in love. Mm -hmm. Nate, just a couple characters to review briefly before Romance Corner. Yes. We're going to have to leave J-Lo and McConaughey. Hey, hey. That's the last time I'll do that. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for your restraint. (laughs) First of all, Judy Greer as the friend in a rom-com. You know, Mary and I were going to go to Golden Gate Park. They show old movies on the side of the museum. If there's anything redeeming about this movie, it's something about seeing Judy Greer as the friend. And you think, okay, this is familiar. This is, you know, it's like the, uh, mm. it's like pumpkin pie. <laughs> it's not great. It's not my favorite. But I have comfort knowing that this is a, a steady uh, rock among rom-coms. Absolutely. Judy Greer, what did we talk about her recently in as the... She was in 27 Dresses, wasn't she? Yes, as the perpetual... Yes, as the perpetual friend, for sure. Yeah. 
she's the same character in every one of these movies. 13 going on 30, absolutely. Judy Greer plays this role, which, to be honest, I don't, I mean, I guess they do exist in the real world, but she always plays the person who, I'm trying to think of the term that is family friendly here, but she plays the one who is super into the lead guy in like a, I'm about to swoon my way onto the puddle on the floor. Right. Her job in these rom-coms is to show how handsome and how wonderful Mm. the leading man is. She is the one who says, oh, he's cute. Oh, Massimo, what the, that's a fine-looking Italian man. Oh, Matthew McConaughey, he's the doctor. Oh, my goodness, he is the best. So weird. It's so that weird. is her role. I don't know if it happens that much in real life, but she is the one where usually in these movies, they pair her off at the end with some side character, like some caterer right. at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. There is no post-credit scene, much to my chagrin, in this movie. So Judy Greer never gets paired off, but... That's her role. Yeah, that's her. So anyway, and I enjoy seeing her. Now, the other side character, let's talk about two two more. Okay. The dad and Massimo. Yes. The dad of J-Lo in this movie, who wants her to get married because mm-hmm. he's nearing death, apparently. I don't know if he's in a nursing mm-hmm. home or whatever, but he wants to see his daughter married, which is fine. I was like 50-50. Half the time, I enjoyed his character and believed him. The other half, I was like, he's overacting, and I don't believe him. Right. And the- it was mixed emotions the whole time. And I'm going to say something that you may be a little resistant to, but sometimes a father has to take action. I think him and J-Lo have amazing chemistry as father-daughter. Yeah. Like, they really, I really see that he loves her, and he gives that speech about how her and his uh, late wife had an arranged marriage, and he, like, that was, like, one of the sweetest moments of, like, yeah. she didn't like me, and respect turned to like, and like turned to love, and that sort of thing. Right. And it is a, uh, accent corner for just a second. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of these Italian accents are even, are even. I don't know. I can't speak to it. I'm guessing probably not, but. No. <laughs> Maybe Massimo is the closest. Mary, I know I never done the right thing, I never say the right thing, and I act like a fool. I thought Salvatore, the dad, who Alex Rocco plays him, he passed away in 2015. Oh, man. So it gave me a special sort of, oh, yeah, he- I appreciated him anew. Yeah, and all the little scenes with him and his like cronies, you know, his, his guy friends, those are fine. Right. Those are fine. Now, Massimo. listen let me tell you someone who aged just as i hoped and that is massimo in my mind massimo he has memorable lines i attempt to do his lines in his similar accent it doesn't go well necessarily Mm -hmm. or accurately right but his phrases about his sweetness but also his machismo like dumbness yeah is really quite lovable to me and I think he still holds up the physical fitness. I didn't like him. Uh, I feel oh. <laughs> I feel like whenever whenever he was on screen, I started cringing because I was just like, I don't this accent and the way he's talking. What about when he makes the mac and cheese and he says, "You long for him the way I long for you," and when he proposes to her with a dollhouse, just like this doll I built for your dolls. Uh, if you say yes, I, you make me the happiest man in the world. If your answer is yes. 
then no one will ever love you as much as I love you. First of all, the accent was so weird. I totally forgot that this guy was in Grey's Anatomy for 15 years. <laughs> I didn't even rec- I just now looking at the IMDb, I realized, yep. oh, that's the guy from Grey's Anatomy. Yep. Justin Chambers. Yep. Now, are you telling me mm-hmm. when he brings out that dollhouse, no spoilers, mm-hmm. when he brings out mm-hmm. that dollhouse, mm-hmm. there is no way she would have said yes. <laughs> no possible way. But she doesn't say yes. She spells out okay in Scrabble letters. Right. Where if someone says okay to you and a wedding proposal, maybe you should pause and be like, hmm, <laughs> maybe not. Never would have happened. I mean, that's that's not Massimo's fault. That's a plot point fault. And there are a lot of plot, plot point faults in this movie. Yeah. But Massimo, I'm just saying, I think he's a lovable character. <laughs> you are Steve. Okay. Well, we can disagree. We can disagree. Now, Matthew McConaughey's character mm. in this movie. Yes, now we get to the now we get to the nuggety center of this movie where there may be a little bit of mold in the cheese. Now Matthew McConaughey has been in a lot of rom-coms. Yep. This is like his bread and butter. Yep. It's like this and the Lincoln commercials. Yep. I do not believe Matthew McConaughey in this movie. Isn't he McConaughey? McConaughey. Not 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 joking. The more you say it, the more I am confused by it. You have right. brought confusion to me. Matthew McConaughey, I did not believe him in this movie. I don't think that he doesn't come across as sincere. Your thoughts? Again, I think this is a plot issue. On viewing this as an adult, yeah, Steve Edison, or Eddie. Yeah. I don't even like his character name. I just want to be clear. Does not make good decisions. The main conflict of this movie, which I think, before you add in Massimo, yeah. is really, really good. This movie was built around. The main conflict is she has this romantic meeting with a guy. The guy is a fiance for a wedding she's planning. Like, stop right there. Right. That's good conflict. The, when they bump into yeah. each other and she introduces her and they look at each other. That moment is the best one in the movie where you like you know it's him and he slowly turns and you have that like sinking feeling. Yes. That was one of the best best moments. Yes. That conflict is so good. Now, my point is this. Eddie has no foothold to stand on in this movie. (laughs) And yet he comes across like defensive and like, yeah, it's your fault or something. Or like, it was just a dance. It was just nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then like, he wants to marry Fran. Oh, we have to talk about this later. But overall, I thought he had some good moments. But there are some dubious character issues with Eddie. And I need to talk about later about the the scene where he roasts the marshmallow over the candle and how that scene ends because I have some strong thoughts. (laughs) Let's see. First of all, Steve likes the movies. Steve had the night off. Steve said, hey, you know what? A movie sounds good. Plus, he got an imitation. Why is Steve referring to himself in the third person? What? Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. We have to talk Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez is amazing as a human in this movie. She is <laughs> far too good for Steve Edison. Yes. She's far too good for Massimo. She is kind, yeah. sweet, amazing, a great friend to Judy right. Greer. And I believe her. I believe her character. And I believe yeah. her. And you know what? She's a really good wedding planner. Yes. Which made me think while watching it. <laughs> Steven. Yes. I think you'd be a really good wedding planner. What do you think? I would never want to do that. 
but would you be good at it? Probably. I'm talking. You got the whole task list. You got the, you got the little earpiece. I would be able to execute a great wedding for sure. That is an area that I would never want to do. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a gift, but That's it would right. also be a burden. With great power comes great responsibility. It's like Rogue and X Men. She has a gift, but you know you don't want to use it too much because you'll drain the life out of brides. <laughs> That's right, and me. But anyway, I thought I thought J Lo was great, and it's she's kind of the one reason this movie is watchable. Like it's the one reason why you can keep watching it, and you're like, and I believe her, even when she's breaking down later in the movie, and her internal conflict. I believe what she does. She does. She's great. Her sad realization when she runs across her ex-fiance. That scene's amazing. Yes. And she has the, like, I'm the poor man's Wendy. What is that phrase? I have that written down. What does that even mean? Uh, it's like a, a substitute. Like, you can't afford the real thing, but so you get the knockoff. So it has nothing to do with the fast food chain. <laughs> no. No. Even though that's, <laughs> that's great. That's very great. Bojangles okay. is the poor man's Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's meant it's meant to mean that you can't afford the real thing, so the right. poor man would get the knockoff version. If you were her in that scenario, running into your ex-fiance, would you do what she did and just like... Crawl under the table? <laughs> no, like totally blast them and throw the history in yeah. their face? Oh, I definitely would. Yeah, absolutely. Would? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I probably would too. But then I, like, I would do that, and then I would act, act super casual and be like, oh, this is my ex-fiance who I found kissing his high school girlfriend on the rehearsal night of our wedding. Hey, guys, how you guys doing? <laughs> like, I would totally flip it like that and just make him Right, fun. and then later you would cry and not be able to get into your high-rise apartment. No, no, then I would go home, and on the wall where I have my, my kill count, I would, I would do one more <laughs> tally off on one. the wall. <laughs> yeah. Now, two, two other characters that I just have to touch on quickly. Fran's parents mm -hmm. are incorrigible, and I feel like... Don't need them. I don't know. Don't need I don't, them. We, we didn't need them. We don't I, need they, them. I just... Anytime that the dad and mom open their mouth, it made me mad. Yes, and I'll be faxing you a list of the songs I'll be performing at the reception. Oh, and, and none of those mini egg rolls. We've got a lot of important people coming. We've got an impression to make. Joanna Gleason... Joanna Gleason, Joanna Gleason mm -hmm. that Johans. plays the mom. Mm -hmm. Johans. She is one, I believe, a Tony for Into the Woods. Right. So just a little tie-in. I know you love Into the Woods. I do. I do. So yeah, they were incorrigible. But Fran, Fran is an interesting character. Fran, 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 Fran. Because <laughs> you're not supposed to like her. But you also are supposed to feel for her at times. Right, because she's ignorant of what's going on. Right, but she does a flip at the end that we'll have to talk about that doesn't seem quite in line with the Fran I know from the first 90% right. of this movie. Yes, I agree. And so we'll have to talk about that when we come back to Fran. But anyway, Fran, it's like this. Let's review this. Yeah, let's, let's review the movie. I chuckled maybe two to three times throughout the whole movie. One of them was not in the statue scene where uh, a piece of the statue breaks off. I did not laugh at that. You that didn't, yeah, you didn't laugh at that, huh? No, 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 I did not. I know I did not. So it's not super funny. The romance is like, eh, because because Matthew McConaughey is not super believable. What if it's not great, super but... funny, but were there at least times that not a chuckle, but it kind of gave you a smile? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Jennifer Lopez talks to her boss and is basically w wanting to be a partner, and her boss is like, 
I don't need to. Yes, That's you fine. do need me. Like th- that didn't give you. It was okay. It was a small smile. It was a, like a half a second okay. smile. That's okay. all. Got it. Not great. In the world of rom coms, I feel like there are so many better options. Maybe even some with J Lo. I mean, uh, what's that one where she like Made Manhattan? Made in Manhattan. Yes, that is a much better one. But J Lo is still good. And so, for her sake, we're going to rate this movie on a scale of zero to five crazy glues because mm-hmm. that was the only thing holding the movie together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm going to give this movie two crazy glues, j- j- all for Jennifer Lopez's performance and because it it inspired a question that I'm about to ask you after the spoiler horn that I think is a very, very good question. Ooh, okay. And so I'm excited about it. But I'm going to give it two crazy glues. Also, one one crazy glue for Jennifer Lopez, one crazy glue for her utility belt that she has with her at all weddings. That thing and is that's pretty cool. Batman level. And also, hearing all the old technology references like Yahoo. We hear Yahoo at one point. Mm-hmm. We hear a Palm Pilot at another point. Yep. We hear about a fax machine cartridge. Yep. Of course, I always love those. So anyway, two crazy <laughs> glues for me. I'm going to give the wedding planner two and a half crazy glues. And here's why. Before I watched this movie this time, I would have told you, honestly, this is a four and a half rated (laughs) rom-com. For whatever reason, I watched this before the age of, I watched this movie a lot before the age of 22, I would say. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why it kept coming up, but I enjoy both of these lead, well, obviously, but I enjoy both of these leads. Right. I enjoyed Massimo growing up. This was a movie that I would like put on if there was nothing else going on. Like, oh, put on the wedding planner. It's good. It's heartfelt. Right. I would have told you that it was great. And then this time around, as I examine the plot and examine like these two people, should they actually be together? Right. It really unravels fast. Mm-hmm. And it's really not as funny as I remembered. And there are some cringy times as well. And there are some bad bad lines. Yes. But I can't bring it all the way down to two mm. because there's still a residual fond memory in my mind, sort of like you and a disaster movie from the early 2000s. So I'm going to give this movie two and a half crazy glues. Okay. And I'm so excited to discuss. Yeah. Oh, two quick things before the spoiler or two. Matthew McConaughey spells out cool at one point saying C-O-O-L. Ugh. You got to take a whole point off of just for that. Yeah, that was bad. And then also the one scene where he is apparently not only a doctor, but a professional equestrian <laughs> person where he can like ride a horse, ride a horse like he's out of uh, Rage of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark. You know, that, that was weird. But anyway, here is the spoiler horn. <laughs> Let's talk about Steve Edison. Let's talk about his job. As a pediatrician? As a pediatrician. Is he a pediatrician or podiatrician? No, pediatrician, because he sees kids. Pediatrician. He does not deal with feet. He deals with kids. Maybe he's a a pediatrician podiatrist. He only deals with kids' feet. (laughs) Kids' feet. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I have a question for you. Uh He rescues Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Falls on her, apparently hurts his wrist. She faints, apparently out of, I don't know, stress. She is not stuck there by her shoe. She just almost gets hit because she wants to save her shoe. I don't believe that shoe would be that hard to get out of that grate. I just want to say that, too. Well, also, I don't believe that her character would care so much about a shoe she would almost die. She's not a materialistic person. They're they're her new Gucci shoes. That's what she says. That's the line. Yeah, that's like part of a commercial. Like, Gucci shoes. So nice. You'll get killed by a dumpster for them. (laughs) Also, Matthew McConaughey wears glasses in half the movie and then not in the other half. 
have. I don't even know if he needs glasses. I, yeah, I was kind of unsure what what that was. I think maybe he's a contacts wearer, but then after a long day, he puts on the glasses mm. for the... He's wearing it for in the park scene, I believe. Uh. He needs him to watch the movie. She wakes up, and she is in a... I don't know, not a hospital. Uh, I'm very confused by this. How are kids running around and being able to mess with the other patients? I don't think... <laughs> This movie was 2001, but I don't think there was ever a time where you should wake up in a medical facility <laughs> and have kids, although no, it's cute, no. kids should not be crawling on your bed. When I saw those kids come in, I was like, wait a minute, does Matthew McConaughey have kids from like a previous relationship? I forgot. Not his kids. A lot of this movie, apparently. No, yeah, they're not his kids. Just random patients, I guess. And apparently they're able to just kind of run wild. Oh, strange. The next question was, he said, you have a, a big neck, which is, he negs her a lot in this movie, and mm-hmm. by making fun of jennifer lopez that may have worked in 2001 but i'm not cool with it nowadays and he said you got a big neck and then he says no that's actually a kid's neck brace oh well you got a big neck i have a big neck which my immediate thought was one if she needs medical attention how is he a pediatrician able to just bring her into his child funhouse and and like work on her yeah shouldn't there be someone else in the facility he goes she's an adult you can't run a cat scan or whatever you're going to do on her check her hemoglobin levels right in this child room this is an adult you can't work on her <laughs> this is weird you creep although the, <laughs> the big one of the big neck comments was one of the few times my wife chuckled so oh. i mean while, while it's weird it, jennifer lopez has a perfect neck for all those who are wondering in this movie does she have a large neck no if, if it's perfect seen, like the rest yeah. of jennifer lopez it was a weird it was a weird comment anyway why was he allowed to work on her in his child his children's room I don't know, Nate. It's a plot hole. It doesn't make any sense. Also, he never goes to work again. No. You ever notice that? He's never working. He's a doctor, but he's never working. She's working a lot. Fran wants him to be uh, the head of uh, some foundation. He doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know he wants that yet. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the one scene that you had mentioned. So after they run into J-Lo's Mm ex-fiance, and she gets inebriated, and he carries her into her apartment, lays her on the sofa. Now he's roasting marshmallows over a candle. A, I feel like I don't even know if you can really do that. Can you roast a marshmallow on a single wick? I think you can, but I think when you start dealing with a scented candle, you're getting some sort of things into... And by the way... (laughs) Although marshmallows are all chemicals anyway. If you're worried about M&M chemicals... In the colored chemical, yeah. which by the way, it's a candy coating, not chocolate on the outside of an M&M. I know. So I, know. I thought that several times. Yes. There's actually more color coating in trying to get that candy coating brown than it is trying to get it light green. So That's right. I had the same thought. Yeah, that his theory on that, I don't know how he's a doctor and doesn't understand that. The fact that the movie thought that was so cute that they wanted to do a callback at the end is like... Guys, that wasn't that great. No, but... He's a weird dude. I will say, the movie... The only thing I remember this movie clearly from previous watchings is that outdoor movie scenes. That's the only yeah, thing... Is it the M&M's? Not even the m No, I didn't even remember the M&M's, but just the, the idea that like she... Like their first date was at the movie thing, thing, yeah. and then that's where he finds her at the end of the movie. That was the only thing I remembered, and was actually a pretty good right. like through line, but... I kind of had... Uh, uh, Shades of Valentine's Day, a movie we watch for this podcast That's where there's right. an outdoor movie. Yes, very similar. Okay, but in that scene, yes, yes, yes. she's she's bearing her soul to him and he's just taking it. Yep. And then he seems to do the chivalrous thing because he's still engaged. He does a chivalrous thing of leaving. Also, she is still very much drunk. Right. Or at least like close to it. 
Right. So, like, yeah, you should be, yeah, be chivalrous, leave the apartment, right. make sure nothing happens because she's compromised. But then he <laughs> knocks on the door again and proclaims his love for Jen- Jennifer Lopez. But I know the curves of your face. And I know that that night in the park was the best time I've ever had. This, this right here, completely ruined Steve in my mind. Yeah. One, it's not chivalrous. Two, he does when he comes back, he does not say, I want to leave Fran and I want to be with you. Like there's one thing to say, listen, I don't think I should marry the person I'm marrying. Right. Instead, he gives he just says, I don't know you at all. I don't know your dad. I don't really know what you're like, but I think you're beautiful. And here are all the ways <laughs> I think you're beautiful. And that night when we almost kissed was one of the greatest nights of my life. That's all he says. He doesn't he doesn't give anything like should we be together or should I like I might need to make a change of who I'm marrying. Right. He just floats it out there and he puts it all on her to like yeah. hey, what are you going to do with this information? Like are you going to be the one who breaks up my marriage and she responds <laughs> with the kind of clarity of someone completely sober. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and says like no i'm not doing this right you are like i fran has become sort of a friend as we're planning this i'm not going to do this to her and she is absolutely right to shut the door in his face and at that point in time i'm not sure if i ever want them to be together right what are your thoughts i agree i, I first off what amazing clarity from her right right in this scenario which aside i didn't think about the fact that she should be inebriated i did right. in, i liked her response because it felt like the right response in the moment but you are right in that it, <laughs> it does not warrant like her her clarity of mind should not have been that in the, at the time she speaks with a sober-minded wisdom and if anything like if something had happened and she had been like yep i think you're hot stuff too yeah like that's also i feel like even more on him Right. It, it it was very weird. And honestly, at the end of that scene, I felt like I forgot the end of the movie. And after that scene, I was like, wait a minute, does Matthew McConaughey just marry Fran? Like, is that how this movie ends? Like, I honestly forgot. Right. And somehow it goes from that scene, which is bad. Mm-hmm. And then there are two scenes after it that are good enough to then almost change my mind about the whole situation. Right. You know, she agrees to marry Massimo, which I don't believe at all. But when they go to the courthouse... To get married, and then her dad objects, and they have this conversation off to the side. That is one of the nicest moments. It's a really sweet moment, and he says, yeah. basically, you're doing this for me, not right. for you, and right. I can't have that. And that is really sweet. This is not what you want. This is what I want. Shame on me. That is very nice, and I, so I believed that whole scene. And then, as weird as it seems, and like the scene after that with Matthew McConaughey and Bridget Wilson Sampras, which is Fran's actress name, mm-hmm. the day of their wedding, I don't feel like they earned this scene, but Matthew McConaughey goes in, sees the bride. I, I have the reaction of like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to see the bride uh, before you, you know, come down the aisle. Mm-hmm. But he says, let's go for a walk in a weird way. Yes. It's like 110% Matthew McConaughey way. He's like, let's go for a walk. It's like, that didn't even sound like him, but it just... No, that was a very good impression. Let's keep that right there. (laughs) It was weird. Let's take a walk. A walk? A walk. And then they had this conversation. She freaks out because it's like, you're breaking up with me on my wedding day. But he like helps her realize that she doesn't want this either. And the scene where they're like sitting next to each other on the bridge and they're finally at peace with the idea that 
neither of them want this and they're being honest with it. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew McConaughey gets her in a taxi and smiles and closes the door and she's smiling back at him I'm like, free. you like that moment because you realize this is probably right, but I don't, like this never happened. Like they never had this kind of relationship before that. You don't believe it. Right. There is not enough of their actual relationship one-on-one. We never see them until this scene. That It just doesn't seem like all of a sudden she's like, well, I guess early on she confesses to Jennifer Lopez that like, right. I don't like a lot of things about him. Right. Which is like, whatever. We all, I mean, yeah. you could we be married for 50 years. Like. Sure. But then she has this, he's like, why do you want to marry me? And she like freaks out because, yeah, if you have to have these conversations the day of your wedding day, you really do. You really have gone too far. But she all of a sudden was like, no, I don't want to marry you, which feels a little bit like what movie did we watch recently where the other guy was let off? Oh, Twister. (laughs) Right. She let him off the hook. The doctor fiance let him off the hook. This is exactly the same where... If anything, Steve Edison needs to be the one to say, you know what? I can't marry you. I'm so sorry. I can't marry you. Also, I have been making googly eyes and falling in <laughs> love with the wedding planner. We should. We need to see a movie where the guy gets hammered after he tries this kind of thing. Because <laughs> Twister in this movie, the guys get let off the hook. Let off the hook so yeah. bad. And she says to me, no, she doesn't say to me. She says to all of us. Mm-hmm. She said to you, per- you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, Nate, listen. She said, I wrote this down. I haven't thought of what I really want in so long. Which, that's a statement that doesn't make sense because the rest of the movie, she's never had the feeling of like, oh, I'm just doing this because my family expects it or because you expect it. She seems in complete control of her whole life. Well, Instead, she's like, I haven't thought of what I really want in so long. And then he says, me neither. Which is a bold-faced lie because <laughs> he's definitely thought about what he really wants that is jennifer lopez and he's been doing a lot of that thinking right and saying that and he also said like in regards to the wedding he tells jennifer lopez i really just wanted a small wedding on the beach so like he there are times where he knows what he wants true he wants the small wedding even though they didn't earn those lines i was still like i thought those lines were good because they can be true for people in real life like you can get to a point where you are doing things sure and you forget why you're doing them you forget why you're doing them and you forget who you're doing them for and you realize you're not doing them for you and so while their characters didn't earn it i liked the lines mm. and i was like after that scene i was okay with him running to the outdoor theater and finding jlo again and that like again the movie didn't earn it it didn't make sense Steve Edison is still a jerk, but because of that scene and those lines, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, it was okay enough for me. Okay. But this is sort of where things fall apart for me. I need you to answer this. Mm-hmm. He says to Fran, he holds out his hand and he says, like, let me, like, if you love me, <laughs> I'll take my hand. We'll forget this ever happened and I'll go and do the dang thing. Yeah. That, that again is a huge cop out. Like he should just be honest in that moment. Correct. Right. He puts all all the responsibility, all the responsibility on Fran to be basically be like, right. listen, if you love me, I will do this event, but you have no idea if I love you, but it's all on you to decide whether to cancel this giant event in front of your friends and family. Yeah. Yeah, that was silly. I mean... So he does that. 
he and then he basically says in his mind i will fran is great i will marry fran like i will commit to maybe not a life with fran but at least a marriage with fran for a bit at this point when he goes to the movie theater to like get back with fran no when he goes back to the movie theater to get back with j-lo mary fiore i i told whitney she has bore her soul to him. Correct. Like, she's been very open for him. But I feel like she doesn't know Matthew McConaughey's character at all. Like, he's not really Correct. talked about himself, aside from the kind of wedding he wants, which plays into the, <laughs> you know, the whole right. idea of the movie. But we don't really know anything about him. We know he used a bookie in college and ended up <laughs> getting engaged to her. But we don't know him as a character. Like, we know... Jennifer Lopez with the ex-fiance, we know her yeah. dad, like, but even the character, J-Lo's character in the movie doesn't know him at all. And so it's, it feels weird right. that she would be so googly-eyed at him after he's just <laughs> been a jerk this entire movie, and now she's like cool with it. Right. The fact that he was willing to confess his love for her, not even confess his love, confess his attraction for her mm. chemistry, which this movie puts a premium on chemistry. Right. That like, shouldn't there be like, he comes to her and be like, hey, um, we didn't get married. Why didn't you get married? And he said, because she, she's going her own way. Like she wants to figure out what she really wants. And she says, well, why do you why did you not want to get married? And he says, I want to dance <laughs> or whatever with you. And it's supposed to be like the really sweet line. I think if I was Mary, I would say to him, Steve, you just uh, left a relationship. Maybe give it some time. Yeah. Maybe you should. Because here's the thing. He was about to marry Fran. It was all in Fran's hands. Mm -hmm. Fran's hands. Mm. <laughs> And he didn't, and so he was like, and now I have to go marry Mary, or have to go be with Mary. Yeah. I feel like the the romantic thing is, sorry, I have to deal with the responsibility of breaking up with my fiancé, but he never takes any responsibility. He yep. just floats along. Yeah. And that's the problem with men these days. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, so it was man. Like, at the end of the movie, you get to, like, this, oh, I guess I'm supposed to feel good about this, and we see the black and white movie on screen and all that. I really expected a scene on the beach where they actually get married. Like, I thought there was going to be a post-credit scene of that, but we don't get that. Right. We don't get any post-credit scene, which does, I do feel a little bad for Massimo at the end. I don't feel bad for Massimo. He's fine. Okay. He's going to be he's fine. fine. He's, he's going to spend 15 years uh, on Grey's Anatomy. He's totally fine. What happens when Fran decides, like, what happens when Fran learns what's actually going on? When she comes back from Tahiti and she finds out that Steve and Mary are together. I think Fran would she, never talk to Steve again. Right. She they, eventually they has to put it together like, wait a minute, you made me. That would be weird. You yeah. made me break up with you. <laughs> That's the post-credit scene I want. Yeah. I have now put all <laughs> the connections together. The yep. person that Mary was talking about was you. Yeah. You were the ones who like, you were actually the, the, the gross fiance guy. And eventually, Fran is the one who's crawling under the flower station and runs into both Steve and Mary at the flower thing and says, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. the reason we actually did break up is not because i needed space or because i didn't like you but because you were i left you two together and you were kissing by the statues okay two quick thoughts one the amount of like love at first sight that happens after matthew mcconaughey rescues her from the dumpster mm -hmm. don't believe it mm -hmm. that's not a thing that happens in reality mm -hmm. i'm just saying mm -hmm. two the whole premise of this movie like you said originally is weird like 
Steve Edison has to be gross to go on that date with her the night he meets her. <laughs> like, it's the same day. He rescues her from a dumpster, flirts with her in the weird children's funhouse hospital, mm-hmm. and then goes on a date. Now, to be a little bit fair to Steve, I could see how you could rationalize it as like, okay, not a date. I went with both of you. I maybe had cold feet. But I think it turned once Judy Greer takes off. And once you're sitting watching the movie, and there's the whole dance thing. Nate, are you telling me... When a woman asks you to dance, you dance with her. At that point in time, he has to be like, oh, no, I've done something bad. At that point, Nate, are you telling me that as an engaged man who's getting married in the next couple months, that it is justifiable to go out and watch a movie with two ladies? And somehow because it's two, it's okay. I th- yeah, I think it's safer with two than with one at the in the park. I mean, but still, it's it's just weird. Like you're going out if there's no other guys in this group. I mean, you could bring your fiance along; would be nice. That's what I'm. Well, that's what I'm saying. Or you could bring a, your guy friend, the guy he plays golf with, who never we never see again. That is true. That's funny. Okay. The okay. Wait. 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 Yes. I'm. I'm so. I'm so somewhat conflicted here because there's this other section of the movie. No, I'm not conflicted. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad, Stephen. She finds out mm-hmm. that he is engaged. They have the dance scene with Fred Willard as Basil St. Mosley. Great character. Mm. They dance. He has his arm far too out. He's like, I was trained in ballroom dance. They're just swaying, and yet <laughs> they have their arms far too far out. Anyway, she accuses him, and he has the unmitigated gall. <laughs> The temerity to, in response, be like, I didn't do anything wrong. This was nothing. Yeah. I didn't like, why did you go on a date with me? And it was like, because she's single. Right. And then the the movie gives Matthew McConaughey chance after chance through its plot devices to be like, see, he's not that bad. He's kind of a good guy. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. When Massimo shows up and he's like, see, you're engaged too, you hypocrite. And she never responds to him and says, P.S. I don't know this guy. My dad is trying to set me up with him. It's not what you think. It turns out I was never unfaithful to my fiance. That was a misunderstanding. You're still the jerk. I was most frustrated at that scene when Massimo like jumps over the hedges and shows up. I was like, J-Lo needs to say... I'm not engaged to this guy. This guy is stalking me. Right. Yeah. I. He's a. We are. We are engaged. We are fiance. Like she said and nothing. Would, she was totally silent. And I would. Yeah. And I would say no. We are not Massimo. I know. I, I know you as a kid, but I don't like. She plays it up, which I guess that's probably the greatest fault of Jennifer Lopez is to not tell Massimo right away. Like no, we are not. Yeah. Go back home. Right. Go home, Massimo. Okay. I have one. I have a big question for you. Yes, I'm ready. This movie implies that Jennifer Lopez has an almost X-Men-like ability to know exactly how long a marriage will last. Yes. They say it's depending on the songs or other factors. But here's my question. dresses. Right, yeah. Here's my question for you, Nate. If you, in fact, had this ability, but it wasn't Mm. just a chance ability, it actually was an X-Men ability. I knew it. And you actually knew how long a marriage would last, Mm -hmm. and you are a wedding planner, mm-hmm. and you know for a fact that this marriage will only last two months, mm-hmm. would you mm-hmm. feel like you have some responsibility to tell mm-hmm. these people, and would you do it? If I had this amazingly useless 
burdensome X-Man ability. <laughs> I would not be a wedding planner because that's like being allergic to cake and being a baker. <laughs> yeah. So, but if I was a wedding planner and there was this dark desire in me to be around the 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 people that I knew would end their marriage soon. Well, let me let me hold on, let me change the scenario because I think it is it is weird if you're a wedding planner. But if you have this ability mm-hmm. and you have like multiple friends, close friends about to get married, and you know that one of those close friend couples mm-hmm. are only going to make it a few months, maybe just right. a year or two. Right. Do you tell them? Well, when you say do you tell them, I no, I don't say to them, listen, I have a special ability and <laughs> and you will get divorced in three months. Because as we all learn from minority report, sometimes by knowing the what the future, you accidentally influence the future. Nate. So I don't meddle with it. But I do, however, do my best to give the Matthew McConaughey questions to Fran, basically like, why do you want to marry him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of call out the problems, but not say, listen, I know that in five months you will no longer be together. Because <laughs> I think in general, people won't listen to you. So what's the point? <laughs> See, I feel like I would build my credibility over time. Mm-hmm. By, by being by the grim reaper of marriage. <laughs> but then, if you do it for long enough, then your close friends might go to you like a sage. <gasps> like you're the Yoda of marriage, and they would say, listen. They just bring you a random person, and they stand next to him and go, tell me, <laughs> will we work? And you're like, you don't even know the guy's name. But, no, no, but no, will no, we no. work? No, but if in like a dating relationship, yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. I would say, like, I, you know, I'm interested in this person. I'm asking about them to marry me. Good, uh, you know, whatever marriage guru, tell us what is tell me is this going to work out? I mean, I think that would be useful. I, I feel like your friends might actually take advantage. Of I that. I agree. I didn't think about actually bringing it into basically a a system. Ponzi scheme. Might as well at that point in time just have people call in, and you can just miss Cleo them and be like, all well, right, eight years. Now that feels. Now dirty. here's a question for you: yeah. If you told someone you're going to get divorced in three years, and they go, okay. And they <laughs> go back to marrying them. I think you then wash your hands, right, of the whole affair. Yeah, I mean, you can't control what people do. People still have free yeah, will, yeah. you know. So, yeah, yeah. but I just I think that's interesting. I don't know. Do you feel like you would have a responsibility to tell people who were close to you? Like, would you would you feel even if they didn't ask, but you knew it was only going to last a year, that you would say like, listen, I would call out the problems, but I wouldn't say, listen, this will probably only last a year. Right. I'll just call out the problems. Stephen, thanks for watching this movie. I really appreciate you. Dipping your toes into the rom-com field. Mm-hmm. i sorry because I expected it to be better when I had you watch it, but I'm glad we were able to discuss, it's fun to discuss. a really bonkers movie. Yeah, we'll just have to do another disaster movie in the near future, you know, just in case. Oh, to make up for it? Yeah, to make up for it. This, I this, thought we were making up for Twister. This is a two-disaster movie uh, <laughs> requirement. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Anyway, listeners, tell us what you thought. Comment on our Instagram at Movies on the Side or Twitter and Facebook at Movies on the Side as well. Let us know. How you suggest some movies if you'd like us to review something in the future. Give us a five-star rating and review an Apple Podcast if you haven't done that. And don't forget to check out our bonus episodes every week. This week, Nate talks about how he flew a plane. Nate literally flew a plane this week. And he talks about it in our bonus episode. So you should check that out at patreon.com slash movies on the side. Link is in the show notes as well. Thanks for tuning in. And as we always say, 
you are exquisite. You're timeless. And you have the love of a podcast named Mots and a host <laughs> named Steven. A man who, while you were having meetings about mozzarella, said to me, I can't believe they picked me and my podcast. I can't believe that they're listening. And they're the most incredible person I've ever met. So that tells me that this podcast listening of yours is not only going to work, it's going to last forever. Wow, that was deep. <laughs> you saved my shoe. <laughs>